In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karen Kambule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Hello there, welcome to Wet Anchor Podcast. In this episode, I want to talk about faith beyond your imagination. The kind of faith that we need to expect miracles from God. The kind of faith that we need to do things that are unimaginable. The kind of solutions that we need, but we cannot really put our hands on or even our thoughts on it. But we know that we need a solution. The book of Mark is like a high-speed train. It moves straight into the miracles, the teachings. So when you want to really experience what Jesus Christ did in small bits and pieces of information, but a lot of them, you go to the book of Mark. He just goes straight to the point. We see in the book of uh, Mark chapter 5, where Jesus Christ would go to a specific area, do something get into the boat, go to the other side, go do something else, get into the boat, go to the other side and do something else as well. In chapter 5, there are about four recorded miracles that Jesus Christ did. The first one being the deliverance of the demon-possessed men of Gadarin. When he finished doing that, he then crossed the sea and went up and met up with the men called Jairus, whose daughter was sick and who later died. And then Jairus went to ask Jesus to come and heal her, and then it moved from the healing to raising her up from the dead. But before Jesus could reach Jairus' house, a woman with an issue of blood came and touched his clothes, and she was healed. And then Jesus Christ went on to Jairus' house and raised up the girl. So the, just, just one chapter about four things happening in different spaces, in, in different ways. So the... Men of Gadarin, a demon-possessed man, the demons recognized Jesus as he was approaching them. So it was not the faith of the demon-possessed man, but the faith of Jesus that he had authority over demons. The woman with the issue of blood, she had the faith that if she touched the hem of the garment of Jesus, she would be healed. Jairus on the other side was a desperate father, but who waited and waited. He waited for Jesus Christ to attend to the woman with the issue of blood before he could attend to his need for her daughter to be raised up from the dead. And then Jesus Christ went now to Nazareth. You'd you think that the people of Nazareth would be waiting with open arms in anticipation for miracles, signs and wonders after having heard everything that Jesus Christ had done in other areas. What did they do? They questioned his credentials. Now, if we want to experience the miracles of Jesus, what we do, we go to the word of God to learn about what Jesus Christ did. And that builds up our faith. And then we begin to believe that if you did this, you can do that. If you did this, you can do that. But the people of Nazareth did not have that. They were not interested in all of those things. All they were looking at was, who is this Jesus? He is the son of Joseph. Um, we know his brothers and sisters, they're all around us. His father is a carpenter. So it's, who is he anyway to do such things? 
the first thing that would not help you when you need a miracle, it is to begin to look at who is this vessel that is being used by God. So you want God to do something out of the ordinary for you. The vessel that God is going to use may not necessarily meet your credentials because maybe you would expect a big shot man who is heading a mega church to lay hands on you or to say a word. But Jesus Christ is not always going to respond to our need for a miracle in the way that we want him to do. So we need to build up our faith. We want to do miracles. We want to experience extraordinary things. We need the faith for it. Now, in Mark chapter 6, there is a story there that is told of um, Jesus Christ feeding thousands and thousands with little food. It is an interesting story because today there are mostly about three areas of need that we have. We, of course, have a need for the salvation of our souls. We have a need mostly for healing and a need for provision. You sum up humanity's problems it's summed up in these three things the the salvation of our souls provision as well as healing now jesus christ had done the healing in chapter 5 in the book of mark healed um, the woman with the issue of blood um, healed the young girl well practically raised her up and then healed the man that was demon possessed so in the area of healing he had already done quite a few and people knew these things and they knew that he did it but in nazareth they were not interested now in in chapter 6 we go to the miracle for provision these days we find that a lot of issues with the church today are more about the prosperity gospel so people will then want to find or poke holes into what they would call a prosperity gospel as if god does not want us to prosper and it is such limitations that will cause us not to believe God for these great things. If we read from the book of Genesis chapter 1, you'd realize that God prepared the whole earth for the human being that he was going to create. So he didn't put the male and the female in an open space with nothing. He put the male and the female after having made provision for everything, including the food that they were going to eat because the plants were already there. The animals were already there, the fish, the birds, and everything. The system for provision for mankind was already there. And he gave him the whole earth. Imagine if today you would have the title deed to the whole earth. Today we think you are rich if you have ownership of a mine, just one mine, a very tiny little portion of land which has some gold or silver or whatever, diamond or whatever precious stones there is. We then think we are rich. Imagine Adam and Eve had the title deed of the entire world. And when we say God wants you to prosper, God doesn't want to kill you with hunger. People think that we just want to take money out of their pockets. Why? Because people have misused the word of God as a way of prospering themselves. And um, people have used the desperation of people for whatever it is that they needed and they've used that to prosper themselves but adam did not do anything for god to give him the title deed for the whole land for the whole world adam did not do anything adam did not plant any seed for god to give him all the plants he said you can eat from every tree except one he didn't plant any seed 
He just said, you can have everything except this one. But then he also told him that he would have to plant. There would be time for seed time and time for harvest. And it is the farmer that decides that this is the seed that they want to plant and this is the harvest that they're expecting. So how then do we get this miracles, amazing miracles for provision if we doubting that God does want us to prosper? Because when you are hungry, you're not prospering. When you are poor, you're not prospering. You, you might be healthy, but poor, you are in need at all times. When you cannot afford even the basic things, we cannot say you're prospering because you need these things for you to live well in life. Now, Jesus Christ goes onto the other side and he starts preaching and the crowd, they stayed on with him for a longer period and they got hungry, of course, and they wouldn't go anywhere because there were a lot of people. There would not be enough food for them anyway. Even the food that they have brought in probably was finished. Now, Jesus Christ is teaching people that are hungry. The same one who was in the beginning when God created everything and gave it to the male and the female that he created was preaching to a people that were hungry. And the disciples said to him, in Mark chapter 6, verse 36, send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Now, there we find the limitation, the first limitation that they had. They looked at the number of people and they saw that what they probably had in whatever it is that they had prepared for themselves was not sufficient. So the solution was in, in their minds in the people going out to the surrounding villages to find food. So when they looked around, there was no solution. When they looked around, there was no food sufficient to feed all those people. Maybe somebody had a little food here and there, but it was not sufficient. So we, we begin to limit God by looking at our surroundings and deciding that this is not good enough. They The disciples didn't look for what they had and and they didn't take it to Jesus and said, Lord, here is what we have. Here are the people. Feed them. They didn't do that. They looked at what they had and they said, no, it's not going to work. Go and get your food elsewhere. We don't have sufficient food to give you. Now, if we look at that and the attack on those that are preaching what would call the prosperity gospel, is that the the roles are reversed in a way in that Jesus Christ looks at the disciples to provide the food for the people and the prosperity gospels say for you to get provision, give to me so that I can get God to give to you what you need. So bring your money here and then I'll ask God to give you money so that you can prosper. But Jesus Christ says that which we have here, we must give to them. So, so they will prosper by us giving to them. They will have food to eat by us giving to them, not them giving to us so that God can give to them. So you find all of these discussions and arguments about these things to the point that we fail to stop and say, Lord, we don't know how you're going to do it, but we want to trust you for this little thing that we have that you can make it to be sufficient for all of us. So the disciples... um tell Jesus Christ that these people have to go. And Jesus Christ said to them, you give them something to eat. You 
give them something to eat. They had already told Jesus Christ that there is nothing, there is no food. Let them go. Jesus Christ says, no, you give them something. To How do you give when you have little? In fact, what Jesus Christ was requiring from the disciples is what the so-called prosperity preachers are requiring from those that are in need of breakthrough. So you must um, give what you have so that I can get you more or get you whatever it is that you need or you want or you desire. Jesus Christ says, you desire food. We are going to give you food. He says, you give them food. And they said, even the money we have is not sufficient for us to buy bread to give these people to eat. And Jesus Christ says, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And they say, we have five and then we also have two fish. Now, that's very little for even the 12 men or say the 70 men or the 120 men. That's, that's not sufficient. I mean, that's very little food. You, you can't go far. Um, with that, especially for you people that are hungry, five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus Christ did not even consider the size of the food. He said, put everyone else in order here. I, I need a bit of order. Call them, tell them to sit down, put them in groups. And then they all sat down in groups, in ranks, hundreds and fifties. And then Jesus Christ took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven. Oh, praise God. He looked up to heaven, to the one that gives the bread to the sower, to the one that gives food to the sower, to the one that gives a harvest to the sower. He looked up to that one. He gave what they had to the one in heaven who would make that to be multiplied. Jesus Christ blessed that food and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And the two fish he divided among them all as well. And they all ate and they were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. Children of God, this is an amazing miracle. In that the little that they had was multiplied right before their eyes. The five loaves of bread and two fish became sufficient to feed thousands and thousands. Every time I read the story, I try to imagine what was the process. Did he take the five loaves, broke one into four pieces, and then broke the four pieces into eight pieces? Did he break then the eight pieces into 16 pieces? How did he actually do that? And I realized that we, 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 we take too much time thinking about the how instead of focusing on the one that does it. Because he can do it anyhow. He can say, don't even break this bread. Just put it over there. And then you look around when you come back, it's already filled um, in that one basket. There is more than enough. God is still doing miracles of provision. We may not be experiencing what they experienced in that right before their eyes, five loaves of bread and two fish became multiplied so much that thousands and thousands were able to eat but he is the same god that brought manna in the wilderness in a place where the manna was not expected god brought them food he's the same god that caused the quail to come from the sea through a wind and he gave them meat for them to eat he is the same god that ensured that the the flour and the oil never 
ran out in that widow's house up until the famine ended. He is still the same God that caused the oil of that widow woman to continue flowing from vessel to vessel, from port to port, up until all the vessels in that village had been filled with oil. So when people are hungry, he is the same God that caused the flower not to cease, the oil not to cease. He is the same God that brought the manna every single day for everyone to eat and for everyone to be filled. He is still the same God today. If you think about it, the only similarity in, in, in the stories that we have read are the two widows, their stories. Because on the one widow we have the flour and the oil and on the other widow we have the oil. So the, the oil never stopped flowing with the first widow and it never stopped flowing with the second widow until the need was met. So in this instance, it was fish and loaves of bread. But then this one is ready-made food that they took broke and it kept on multiplying. It kept on multiplying. It kept on multiplying. You might be, as you listen to this episode, thinking, my business is going down. My finances are not sufficient for me to meet my needs, my debts, whatever that I need to use the money for every month. You may be looking at your bank account and thinking, this is just not going to be sufficient. But the minute you begin to look to heaven, blessing whatever you have, God will multiply it. The widow had to make the flour and the oil available for God to multiply it. The other widow also had to make the oil available for God to multiply it. These disciples had to make the loaves of bread, five loaves of bread and the fish available for God to multiply it. And that is where we mess it with the prosperity gospel. Because it, it then seems as if we take or they take the examples of what God did with the oil and the flour and they use that to get something from people instead of using that to give something to people. So instead of someone saying, what is it that you need? And the person says, I need to pay my house, for instance, and I don't have enough money. Okay, how much do you have? I have 5,000 rands. Now, take that 5,000 rands, go and pay for one, two, three, and God is going to multiply that. Or take that 5,000, take it to the bank, and go and pay your bond, and God will multiply that. We are not seeing such a thing, but we are seeing a situation where they say, bring it to me, I will take it, I will keep it, and then you go home and wait for God to bless you. And these examples where we seeing Jesus Christ and God doing miracles through the prophets Elijah and Elisha, God blessed that which they had there and multiplied that which they had. So in essence, if you were to want to do the same kind of miracle, you would say to a person, bring your 300 rands here. And they bring it and you take that 300 rands, you raise it up to heaven, you bless it, you give it back to that person, they go home. And as they go home and they use that 300 rands, it keeps on multiplying. So you, you're not taking it to yourself, but you are actually making them to make it available 
for use by God so that God will multiply it. What am I saying? God works miracles for provision even today. The how part of it belongs to him. Each situation will be different. So if I have 10,000 people who all 10,000 need provision, they, they, they need money, they need food to eat. The, the provision of God is up to him. How he does it is up to him. What God requires of us is for us to trust him to make that provision. He, he requires us to trust him to do something that is out of the ordinary without questioning him, without wanting to know where and how and when and with what. What we need is to believe God to do miracles today. People today are experiencing miracles of provision. People of old experienced miracles of provision. You today, who is in need of provision, you can trust God. Raise up something before him. Bring your two loaves or five loaves or two fish to God and say, here is what I have. Multiply this. You can do it in your own home. Father, I have 200 bucks in my account. This is what I need you to multiply. God will tell you, take these 200 rands, go and buy this and that, and then God will multiply it. I've shared a story of how my mother used to um, make ice blocks, ice lollies to sell and then make money. She was able to send money to me adversity with that money of something that could be sold for 50 cents. So the little that she was given because for her to start that business, she was given. The little that she was given, she was able to multiply it. If you can just sit and think about what God did in the area of provision, starting with Genesis, Genesis chapter 1, God providing to the male and the female that he made on this earth. Moving on to the stories of um, Abraham, for example, how God made provision for him. Going to the stories of Jacob, when even before Jacob, Isaac, who planted during a famine and he harvested a hundredfold during a famine. Praise God. You go to Jacob, who when Laban wanted to um, keep him, to work for him, use him for his own um, prosperity. And, and God showed Jacob a, a method of him getting some flocks out of all the work that he had done for Laban. You, 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 you move on to how Joseph got the whole of Egypt to provide for the time of famine after the seven, seven years of plenty. So God has been doing miracles of provision. Today, we should not doubt God simply because of a few people that are misusing the word of God for their own benefit. You can believe God to make provision for you beyond your imagination. All that you require to do is to go to him and he will tell you what to do and how to do it. He has done it before. Even the manna, he told them, go and sleep. In the morning, wake up, you'll find the food. Go and sleep. If you were to sit in the wilderness waiting for God to make that manna in front of you, probably it was not going to happen. Moses told them, go back to your tents, all of you so that God will then make that provision in his own way. We dare not limit God. We dare not limit God. You need provision today for yourself, child of God. Believe God. The word of God says, it is him that teaches us how to profit. 
the word of the Lord God says, Then we have prayed for that we may prosper and be of health, even as our soul prospers. So if you are not prospering, do not be ashamed to ask God to prosper you. We're not going to be preaching that gospel of a poor and hungry people who are content in going to heaven. The earth and its fullness thereof belongs to our Father. The cattle on a thousand hills belongs to him. He has given that very earth to us, the sons of men. And in this earth that he has given to us, the silver and the gold is there. The cattle on a thousand hills is there. This earth belongs to him and we are his children. What am I saying? Don't be afraid to prosper. It is your birthright. Go get it. It is your birthright. If we were to think like other people are thinking today, Jacob would not have gone to Laban to put forward a proposal so that he would also work for his own prosperity. God will prosper your work. God will prosper the plans that he gives you. If only you'll trust him that he will do it. You'll make a submission. You'll put that proposal forward. It will take a longer period for you to get an answer. But if it is of God, the answer will come and it will be positive. May you not sit and look at your children going hungry every single day when you have the richest. Father is your God. Believe him to make that provision. The thing that you cannot imagine. How do you multiply five loaves of bread and two fish? By bringing it before the Father and blessing it. And God will multiply it. May you not go hungry, child of God. But may you begin to believe God for greater things. May you believe God to provide for you. May he prosper your business, child of God. May he multiply your income. May he multiply your customers. May he multiply your profits. May you be able to meet all your expenses on a monthly basis. May he give you a promotion that will bring more money into your bank account. May he move you from poverty to riches. Because they belong to you as a child of God who is a citizen of the kingdom of heaven where in the gold is not something new but it belongs to us. May you prosper child of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to Amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes. Connect with me on social media platforms. Give feedback and continue to spread the word. Tune in for the next episode and make the Word of God your anchor.